This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c There's something painful about getting on the floor and giving a child what they need, getting on the floor and playing with the child when no one gave you what you needed as a child and when no one played with you as a child. And I think that subconsciously a lot of parents are resistant to the gentleness and the tenderness their children need because they don't know how to offer it because they never got it, they never experienced it. Welcome to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast, a podcast that continues to grow because of you and your reviews. Thank you for tuning in today, a podcast where I get to welcome the most amazing guests to chat about all things parenting, child health, child development, and parental mental health. Today's guest is Kobe Campbell. She is a licensed trauma therapist and author, and her newest book is called Why Am I Like This? How to Break Cycles, Heal from Trauma, and Restore Your Faith. And she's joining me today to talk about how positive parenting positively impacts kids. That's a tongue twister. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kobe. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to chat and to be a guest instead of a listener because I love the podcast. Oh, well, I'm so glad to connect with you. This is so great. And congratulations on your book and being an author. I know that is not an easy feat. So this is so great. And I'm happy to chat with you about something that is so important to you, obviously, because you're writing books about it. You are a licensed trauma therapist. But tell us more about yourself, why you do what you do as a licensed trauma therapist, and just so people can get to know you a little bit more. Absolutely. So someone asked me this recently and they're like, what, what do you like do? You know, you're a therapist, you're author, uh-huh. you're a mom. And I said, you know, I think that therapy and helping people process their trauma is the tool. But I think what I'm really called to do is help people live lives that they love. And because so many of us have experienced really hard stuff, that feels like something that's like utterly impossible. How can I love my life when I've mm-hmm. experienced this or I came from a home that was traumatic or I'm struggling to show up for my kids or I'm struggling to show up for myself. And so that was me. I came into this field because I found myself, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety and thinking, why am I like this? You know, that's why the book is titled that because it kind of just felt like there has to be more than I just need to try harder. And I think I need resources, not just to do better, but to understand myself better. And um, once I found kind of like that light in my life, I was like, okay, yeah, I want to do this for other people as well. Oh, I love it. And it's such important work, especially as a parent, you know, the constant understanding that we're not only raising our kids, but also healing from 
different things in our life, right? Whether you, like you said, it's from childhood or maybe something that happened to us as an adult. And it's such a work in progress. And it's so nice to have the support of people in the community, especially licensed trauma therapists like yourself. So thank you for the work that you do, the books that you write, um, and all the resources you give out into the world, because I know it's helping so many people. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Yeah. And we're talking about positive parenting and, you know, there's so many different types of parenting styles. So I would love to talk about what positive parenting is and the basic principles if people are not familiar with what that means. Yeah, I think if I had like a one liner that could expound into more detail, it would be positive parenting is developmentally appropriate parenting. It is about acknowledging where your child is developmentally and providing care, tenderness, resources, support, guidance to your child based on where they are developmentally. And as a clinician, that matters so much to me because I think sometimes as parents, you know, we're in the mix. We don't always have time to read all the articles and things like that. But we have to remember that at each stage of our lives and each stage of our children's lives, there's something that they're learning. There's something that they're getting a grasp on. And our job is to show up in a way that allows them to get a grasp on it with a sense of autonomy and support. And so to me, positive parenting is about treating your children like they are full humans, treating your children with respect and kindness, treating your children uh, like they need resources and not like they need fear to learn. And, you know, one of my favorite facts I love to remind parents when I'm talking to them, even, you know, adults who don't have children is the part of the brain that allows us to learn is offline when we're afraid. We are Mm -hmm. biologically not wired to learn through fear. And so why do we think that's an effective tactic with children? And if we really kept that front of mind and reminded ourselves that our children learn best when we're connected to them, when they feel safe, we would prioritize safety. And I think that's at the core of positive parenting. Oh, that is so beautifully said and so important. And I think in terms of uh, parenting styles, like I mentioned already, there are so many. And I think you can kind of take different types of styles from different types of parenting um, labels. And I think positive parenting is that it's such a beautiful thing. And as a pediatrician who loves child development as well, I think it's so vital that we look at that child in front of us, like you mentioned. How does this positively impact children. So um, obviously we'll get to how it impacts parents as well, but what are the benefits of a parent using positive parenting? Well, I think the benefits of a parent using positive parenting with their child is that their child gets to feel safe. Mm -hmm. I think we're in a society that loves to glorify accomplishments and, you know, accomplishments are great. You know, I'm a first generation Ghanaian American. I -hmm. grew up in a high achieving family and in many ways I loved that. But also sometimes we forget just how much of a gift, the sense of safety is um, that your child feels safe with themselves that your child feels secure with themselves and secure with you. And I think that we miss that. You know, I see a lot of adults. It's funny. I started doing trauma therapy with children Mm -hmm. and then transitioned to adults. And when I started working with adults, it was so much easier because I realized I was just dealing with children in big bodies, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and it was so powerful to see that a lot of them didn't get like developmental milestones hit, like a sense of security with themselves, a sense of autonomy and agency, like 
they never got to know what their voices were. They never got to know what they liked and didn't like. It was just compliance over connection. And so there's a power in our children having something that no one can take away from them, which is a love for themselves and a respect for themselves. And I think we forget just how much that will shape their entire lives. Oh, absolutely. And earlier you had said, you know, about fear-based parenting, like, you know, a lot of threats and feeling unsafe. I feel like that is a common thing that I hear as well in the parenting space. And why do you think we're seeing so much of that? Do you think that it has to do with cycles? Maybe that's how they were parented or, you know, why do you feel like we're not able, I think me and you are, and a lot of people listening, but why do you think society, even 2023, when we're recording this episode is not able to kind of understand that that's just not an effective tactic? Oh my goodness. Such a good question. I think that a lot of us, because we are overwhelmed, because we're stressed out for various reasons, fear is a quick way to get someone to react, but not to learn. And so we have settled many ways as a society for children reacting to our fear rather than learning principles. And it gives us quick results with low cost to ourselves as adults. Right. Mm -hmm. We're asking something of children that we're not yet capable of doing ourselves in our 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, We're telling them to listen, regulate emotion and respond immediately to our commands. And we struggle with doing that in our own lives. And our own emotional dysregulation shows up in how we snap at kids or utilize fear. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think that it's two part. I think it's definitely generational. A lot of us are just like it worked. You know, we think it worked. It didn't actually work. Right. Yes. <laughs> it got us the appearance of results with a cost that many people will carry for the rest of their lives. And it's not worth the price of a quick outward reward for a long term inward deterioration. And that's what I see every day. I see high achieving people who are in places that many of us would worship and cheer on. And yet inside, they still need that sense of safety and that sense of belonging. And I think a lot of us end up leaning towards the quick fear because it allows us to get what we want right now, instant gratification, without doing the work ourselves of regulating our emotions, all while we're asking our kids to do it, right? Oh, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting. I agree completely with what you said. And I think a lot of it is cyclical, like we talked about, like you said, a lot of it is time and it feels like a quick fix. Like, you know, a lot of the times parents will say, but look, he listens, he's obedient. And I'm like, but is obedience something that we want? Because I know you mentioned like, of course we want our children to understand boundaries, but there's a difference between understanding boundaries and being so obedient that they can't feel, like they can't feel safe, that they can feel feelings or that they can be upset about something and that a parent or guardian will show them walk through it. And so um, like a story, my in-laws and my, especially my in-laws and my parents too, because they're so used to this fear-based discipline, you know, it's very common Mm -hmm. in old generations. I'm Indian American immigrant and it was a very common parenting tactic in our family. And it's not what me and my husband do. Like it sounds like for you and your family as well. And my in-laws are here and we don't do threats. We don't force our son to eat. We don't do a lot of forcing. And to them, it looks like permissive parenting when it's not right. Like it's actually respectful and there are boundaries. And so I think a lot of times parents can fall into this sort of fear 
especially around when they're feeling judgment, right? Like they're feeling like, well, this person's watching me, like my in-laws or my parents or someone's judging me. And if I'm more tough in that moment, they'll feel like I'm a more in control parent. But Uh I think you agree, like that's not what we want, right? We want boundaries. And like you said already, respectful boundaries. Yep, absolutely. And when we teach our children through our actions, respect, they learn it in a way that they can employ in our absence, Right. Do we want obedience or do we want them to trust us? That's really something I think most parents need to ask themselves. Do I want my children to blindly obey or do I want my kids to trust me? Mm -hmm. Because if you hardwire a child to blindly obey because someone has power over them, what situations could they end up in later in life? And also like when they grow up, once they realize as adults, I'm speaking from personal experience, once they realize that that adult has no power over them anymore, there's not going to be trust, right? There's no, because it was never created. It was all obedience. And so, oh gosh, it's such a cycle. I love talking about this stuff with you. Same, same. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes no shopping prepping cooking or cleanup i work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are head to factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 and use code pedsdoctalk50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next box that's code pedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash pedsdoctalk50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. 
get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. And so, oh, so positive parenting, I already, obviously, I love it. I think it's so much, even if like someone doesn't want to label themselves as a positive parent, remember all, I really feel like you should take the discussion that we're talking about, take points from this and really try to bring it into your parenting style, right? I mean, like I said, I get concerned about labeling parenting styles because yeah. people feel like, well, I want it to be a little bit like an attachment parent. I want to be a gentle parent. I want to be positive. You can be uh-huh. all of it. You can, you can bring yeah. in these principles. I think when you start to listen, like I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, this is, such an important thing. And I am so glad we're talking about the fear and the obedience and how it impacts children. How does it positively impact parents on their journey in terms of how we implement this? Ooh, I truly believe that parenting is a trauma recovery process. Mm -hmm. I don't think that any parent who decides to give their child what they need developmentally evades the process of healing their trauma. It's just impossible. You know, I had a professor uh, when I was in school, she taught on childhood development and she said something so powerful, I'll never forget. She said, there's something painful about getting on the floor and giving a child what they need getting on the floor and playing with the child when no one gave you what you needed as a child and when no one played with you as a child. And I think that subconsciously, a lot of parents are resistant to the gentleness and the tenderness their children need because they don't know how to offer it because they never got it, never experienced it. And so there is something incredibly healing about being silly with a kid because silliness is one of the greatest indicators of safety, Mm -hmm. right? When your kid's silly and you don't say, stop that, and you decide to join in the silliness with them, you're allowing your inner child to feel safe again, to try something new too. And I think that it allows us as parents to take kind authority and responsibility over our experiences. And that is something that even as a trauma therapist for me, I have to remind myself in this relationship, my child is not responsible for how I feel. Their actions are not responsible. He's not making me do anything, right? And so having to say, you know, if I tell my kid to stop doing something and he doesn't stop and he's like, well, you know, Makai's little brother, Makai made me da 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 Like, I wouldn't take that as an excuse, right? I would be like, no, yeah. I told you to. And yet we do that as adults. And I think that we are being invited through our children to see the world through new eyes, to see ourselves through new eyes, and to really assess what is necessary to live a life that is truly successful. Is it fear? Is it obedience? Or is it connection and trust? Oh, this is so powerful and like really making my heart grow even more than it already is because it's all about love. And like you said, it's all about connection and it doesn't have to be hard. I just think like we make it harder. Why Again, why do we feel like this sounds obvious to me? And I think it sounds obvious to you, but why do we feel like it's not obvious to so many? Like the silliness factor, right? Like you said, how important silliness is. I agree. Like there's so much joy and so much connection and actually so much listening that the child does when we permit them and allow them to be themselves and be fun and be playful and join in. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing. What is it about that playfulness and silliness that really allows developmentally that child to thrive? 
Well, I think it's the acceptance of the yeah. freedom. I think when my son is like making his wild thornberry noises and going <laughs> and I jump in and I do it back yes. to him. Oh my gosh. There's something inside of him that says I'm accepted as I am. Mm-hmm. There's something inside of him that says I'm allowed to be free here. You know, and I can tell that because like he loves to run over and tickle us and Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to force a laugh out, you know, because we're tired and we're like, ha ha ha. But, you know, he loves to be silly with us. And we have to remind ourselves it's not because he's not listening. It's not because he is not focused. It really is him throwing out a bid to us saying like, hey, am I still safe with you guys? Mm-hmm. Can I still have fun with you guys? Can I still be close to you guys? Can I still see a different side of you guys? And, you know, silliness really slows down our day. That's mm-hmm. why so many parents want to nip it in the butt. We're like, stop doing that. Stop doing, put your shoes on the right feet. You know better, right? But when we yeah. embrace it and as sometimes also an invitation from our kids to like slow down and see them, it just is an invitation for connection. And like you say, like with that shoe example, like throwing in silliness and playfulness to get on the shoes is part of silliness, right? Like yeah. my son all the time, like if he's refusing something, I, rather than getting into the power struggle, I lean in on playfulness, verbalization and silliness. I say, okay, time to put on our shoes. And I sing a silly song. And mm-hmm. it, even if anything, it makes everyone, like you said, it slows down the day a little bit in terms of also just calming us down the silliness and also letting that child know that I get it that you don't want to do this but hey we're going to do this together this is fun this is something that I love I know we need to do this but oh I just think I'm so glad when I hear other parents talk about the importance of silliness and playfulness because you know my son's three and I'm pregnant with the second by the time this episode airs I may have the baby already we'll see but you know it really adds light to the parenting you know it doesn't make it feel as serious and I think there's a misconception that Again, silliness means that you're not setting boundaries, like I said already, yes. with like being obedient and all that. But no, it's it's just part of parenting and you still can set boundaries and your child will still know, you know, what needs to get done. But oh, it really adds levity to the life. I can't imagine being a parent without playfulness and silliness. Absolutely. And I think a lot of parents forget, you mentioned like the power struggle. Sometimes we forget that the greatest demonstration of power is letting go of power. Mm-hmm. It's like demonstrating I am secure enough that I'm not going to get in a fight with you over these shoelaces right now. Yes. Sometimes our kids are trying to ask, is the schedule a priority or am I the priority? Mm-hmm. You know, and like for my son, if he knows we're on a schedule, which I'm a schedule girly, <laughs> you know, he'll slow things down on purpose or he'll and really <laughs> like I have to remind myself he's trying to connect with me because yeah he can tell I'm a little more fixated on getting everything done in a timely manner than I am on him. And so again, it's another invitation. And so, yeah, I love doing my best to be silly with the boys and play with them and wrestle with them. I am a boy mom through and through Mm -hmm. race with them down the street. And (laughs) it's just something so therapeutic for me as grown adult running in the middle of the street with a four-year-old, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious just out of, you know, did you have this sort of parenting experience as a child or was it different? I was talking about like, you know, my childhood yeah. being a little different, but I'm just curious how it was for you um, now also being a therapist. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? It's so interesting. I was just talking, talking to my husband about this, how growing up, I would have been like, oh my gosh, my parents were so strict. My parents mm-hmm. were so, you know, and I come from a first generation Ghanaian American family. My dad is the director of an MBA program. My mom is like the head nurse on her floor, just mm-hmm. super high achieving family. And looking back, I would have said, 
oh my gosh, my parents didn't care. They were just so intense and this and that. But now that I'm a parent, I see the areas where I'm like, oh yeah, they definitely use fear. But I also remember so much of my parents being sturdy in their boundaries and yeah. fun in everyday moments. Yeah. And it was like, wow, you know, I had sturdy parents. I had parents who you know, they didn't always do positive parenting, but like there was definitely a time where my parents really were embodying the principles of positive parenting. They didn't let me do whatever I wanted to, but they would talk to me. They would converse with me. They would explain things to me. They would laugh with me. We would go to the pool and play together. And so, you know, it wasn't fully my upbringing, but I think there's something beautiful about me being able to reference how I was raised and the ways that my parents connected to me as first-generation immigrants to the way I raised my sons and really feel a sense of honor for the ways my parents really were ahead of their time for their generation. And you felt that safety then, like the safety that we're talking about. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love talking to people who are experts in their field for you, obviously being a licensed trauma therapist in parenting and, and talking about your parenting, how you were parented, that experience. I think it's so important because we just already mentioned that a lot of parenting is going back into our past and kind of undoing or revisiting past traumas sometimes or what worked. And so I just love that conversation. So uh, thank you for responding to that question. Of course, of course. Well, I love this. I just think it's so healthy. It's so therapeutic to chat about this and, you know, talking about trust and obedience and, you know, positive parenting and silliness. What would be your final message for everyone listening today? Oh, I think my final message for anyone listening today would be it's not too late to recover the safety and the silliness you didn't get in your childhood. It is Mm -hmm. never too late. You can give it to your children and you can give it to yourself too. Yeah. Oh, Kobe, I love chatting with you. I know I'm going to have you on the podcast again, just because I feel this connection talking about connection. I feel this parenting (laughs) vibe connection with you. And I just love again to share this information with the world. So tell me where people can find you, find your book, all of this information for anyone who's interested, which I'm sure they are because this was an awesome conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. So you can find me on all the social medias at Kobe Campbell underscore. Mm-hmm. And then you can find my book at www.kobecampbell.com slash book. Or you can just find it on Amazon, Target, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, everywhere you get books. So um, I would love for you to grab a copy and start your healing journey for yourself and let your kids benefit from it, but for you to benefit from it first. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to be linking all of that information, the website as well as social media handle to our show notes so that you can easily find that information and connect with Kobe and get her book uh, because I already, I already am so excited about it because I feel healed just chatting about this stuff. And I know the book is going to be even more healing. So thank you. Well, thank you. And for everyone listening, if you love this conversation, which I'm sure you did because it was amazing, make sure you leave a review, a rating, wherever you can. This is how the podcast continues to grow. And like I said, I will be having Kobe on again for another episode on the show in the future. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, TV. We'll talk to you soon.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.